Welcome to the J2 Hub podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real-life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sahota, we bring you exciting real-life property, business and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the J2 Hub podcast. Today, I wanted to talk to you about the coronavirus and how it's affecting us folk in the property market, the property game, whether you're, um, whether you've got simple buy to lets going on, you've got HMOs going on, you've got service accommodation going on, or even if you've got co-working spaces, you know, co-office spaces, everybody is affected in some way, shape or form. And it's becoming more and more apparent as time is going on. It's a little bit annoying to start with because there's not really been much information up until yesterday um, about the certainties of what's happening and what the government's going to do about it. Uh, and for us as landlords, it's been a it's been a bit of a worrying time, um, especially for people I know, people in my network in the service accommodation game have really been feeling the pinch and uh, I know a few close people have been posting that you know it's uh, it's been it's been a pretty pretty damn bad disaster for them to say the least uh, where they've had bookings cancelled uh, where people just ain't picking up and where where last minute things are just getting cancelled or they're not getting the the usual level of bookings that they would be getting every single month so um yeah I feel for you guys man just just hold in there you know, I'm sure this is just going to pass over. I'm sure it's just a phase that's just going to, you know, as quick as it came, it's going to go. Um, and just, just bear with it. And, you know, on the plus note, if if the country is going into lockdown uh, and, you know, people like the armed forces are going to be moving in to sort stuff out, they're all going to need places to stay. So, you know, let's just hope for the best and, uh, you know, hope that you guys get the bookings that you need from from the army coming in or or additional help coming in to support the country on official lockdown so yeah i feel for you guys i really i really am reading some stuff and you know i can resonate with it because everybody everybody who's a landlord is pretty much affected in some way shape or form now i um i received a letter from my letting agent for a hmo that we have in london and um yeah, he wrote me a letter probably about a week and a half ago and it was just along the lines of, um, you know, we may not be able to pay you any rent because our tenants won't be able to pay you and pay us any rent. So we just don't know what we're going to do at this stage. Very loosely written letter. Um, it was quite concerning actually because, um, we have quite a hefty, hefty borrowing on this uh, HMO that we have in London because it funds other projects that we're working on at the moment or have been working on. So it's rather alarming when you get a letter like that and you think to yourself, wow, where's this going to go if they do stop paying rent? Because it's going to have a, uh, a major kind of knock on effect on how we move forward with what we need to do. So yeah, I touched base with them yesterday and although we have a kind of like, um, they've, We've had this property for a long time and it's a rent to rent. So they've kind of rent to rent it off myself. And they did this a long time ago before I even knew what rent to rent was. So fair dues to them. They got me on that one, but it just kind of works. They pay me decent rent. It's not causing me any issues. So I'm, I'm kind of happy. So I touched base on the rent guarantee that they offer and it was, um, it was all a bit 
kind of up in the air because uh, apparently their insurance has now stopped covering rent to rent for any world pandemics that may occur. So, you know, insurance companies being insurance companies have a very nice way of wording stuff. So very finely tuned words in this policy that just kind of doesn't cover rent to rent. Now, my whole argument was I frankly don't give a monkey's what you're saying your policy covers, but I've got a rent to rent agreement with you guys and nowhere in the contract does it say that it's backed uh, by terms of your insurance. So I've got a bit of a throw in a... So, sorry, we're going back and forth here with them at the moment just to try and get something resolved. But the bottom line is if... Uh, a tenant doesn't pay, we can't evict them for three months. So it kind of leaves us in a bit of a bit of a funny position. Now, my whole argument is if their obligation to pay rent, uh, there is no obligation anymore for, and we can't pretty much do anything for three months. Does that mean us as a landlord, our obligation goes out the window as well? So, you know, if, uh, if a boiler is broken down or, you know, there's a problem with the water supply, what do I turn around and say, sorry, um, me and my team are in isolation. Uh, due to coronavirus, I can't sort your boiler out for the next three months. You know, buy yourself a jumper and heat yourself up that way. I think it kind of works in two ways here. So um, I think a lot of people are going to take the piss. And frankly, I think they're starting to take the piss already. Um, I know of one particular tenant who lives in our six-bed HMO in London who is, uh, let's just say he's pretty much behind with his rent all the time. Uh, he's been with us a long time and recently he's been getting getting kind of more and more behind with his rent now like i said it doesn't concern me because i have a rent to rent agreement with the agent so i am being paid regardless of whether they pay the agent each month but um recently he's not been paying the agents but to be fair to the agents their obligation towards me as a landlord has been good they've been carrying on paying me they've made sure my rent's not been affected in any way which i'm grateful for but this uh, this young, well, not young chap, I would say this old guy, Eccles, as he likes to be called, isn't his real name, it's his nickname, so I'm going to use his name, Eccles, has started causing a bit of a rift in the house. So, you know, he started going around saying to the good good guys in there that pay on time, hey, listen, you guys don't need to be paying any rent for three months. You might as well take that money and put it in your pocket and relax. So, you know, whereas somebody has good intentions to make sure their rent is paid, we're now finding that even the good ones are starting to kind of think, okay, maybe I can get away with this one for a little bit longer. You know, maybe I can just not pay the rent. Maybe I'll just use this whole pandemic of of the coronavirus or COVID-19 or whatever the hell it's called to not pay my rent. Now, that's a little, little bit cheeky, I feel, because at the end of the day, we've still got costs to cover. Now, I understand the government have put forward this thing where they're talking about, um, you know, giving you a mortgage break holiday, but that doesn't mean shit. All that means is that I don't have to pay it for the next three months or, or, or however they're going to structure it. But down the line, somewhere down the line, I'm still going to need to pay it and it's going to cost me because it's just going to add on, add on, add on, and it's just going to kind of snowball towards the end. So, it ain't really a holiday for me. Yes, I'm not directly having to pay that money out, but somewhere along the line, I do have to pay that money. It's not as if the lender's saying to me, hey, James, me and you, homie, you can just allow it for the next three months. You don't have to pay the rent. Far from it. Far from it whatsoever. You know, they are just simply saying to me that you can have a mortgage holiday. A lot of lenders do that. 
I don't want a mortgage holiday. I want to pay my mortgage because I want to pay down my loan. So don't be giving me no kind of mortgage holiday. Just let me have my rent so I can carry on in my merry way. Now, it's not just a mortgage that the landlord has to consider. You know, when uh, you've got your bills to consider, you've got your council tax to consider. Now, if you ain't, especially in a property where it's in London, you know the yields ain't going to be as high as with our portfolio up north. So it's it's automatically very much on the breadline with some of it. So, you know, tenants that think us landlords are having a, a great day, getting rich off their rent. No, no, no. It ain't like that, my friend. It's a long-term strategy in London here where, yes, we're covering the cost of our mortgage and we're making a small profit, but it ain't huge. So don't be thinking we're making shit loads of money and you guys are getting the shit end of the stick because you're not. Simple fact is there are still additional costs that need to be covered outside of the mortgage. So don't be thinking um, whatever rent we get in from you, it goes straight in our pop, pop, into our pocket and we're having a merry way or having a great time with it because we're not. It doesn't work like that. Anyway, so um, alarm bells have already started ringing. Uh, then phone calls with the agent are like, oh, come on, James, you know, I've got 15 properties of my own. I'm in the same boat as you. I don't know if I'm going to get rent. I'm just thankful that the government's going to cover my mortgage or give me a mortgage holiday. Uh, I'm looking to apply for a hardship fund. And they're giving me all this bill. And I know it's a load of shit because I'm not buying it for one second. I think everybody is going to use this to their advantage. Uh, and you're already seeing it. Now, on the flip note of this, I've got another property, uh, which is in southwest London, which you guys have probably seen, which is the new build, the funky new build that everybody says, whoa, that looked really good. That one over in southwest London. Now, um, we had a few teething issues with there where the tenants moved in. You know, there was, um, there was a slight leak to one of the pipes in a, uh, in a plasterboard wall where, you know, it's a silly mistake. It, sh- it should have been spotted uh, and it hasn't been. I don't even know how it got past the pressurised water test, but this pipe was slightly leaking. Um, and over time, it's been leaking in this plasterboard and it's caused, you know, a load of... The, the, everything's just wet in this wall. The wall's gone wet. The, the, the insulation's wet and everything. So the tenant very kindly pointed it out. You know, we were very, very reactive within 48 hours. Someone was on site cutting back the plasterboard, had the leak capped, took away all the, um, all the damp, uh, what do you call it? Insulation that was soaking wet, all the plasterboard that was wet and any internal parts of the wall that were wet, uh, and just dried it out with a humidifier. So she was very, very respective to that. She was really thankful that someone proactively took action to sort that out. Um, and although at the moment, yes, the plasterboard's been refitted and it's just been plastered, we're just waiting for it to be dried so we can paint it and put it back to how it was when she first took it on. Now, I think being very reactive to this tenant and being very, very, um, you know, quick off the mark to make sure all her issues are addressed has resulted in her writing me a very, very nice email last night saying along the lines of, Hi, James. Just wanted to touch base with you and let you know that we're very thankful that you've got this repair addressed uh, very, very quickly. Uh, More so, we're very thankful that you've been working around us because we're both at home and we have to take conference calls. So really appreciate you working around our timetable, which is absolutely fine. I don't mind, you know, waiting around, going to have a coffee, talking to someone on the phone. Of course I mind. But it's what you give back to your tenant. You know, it's what you show your client you're prepared to do. Now, in turn... She wrote me a very nice email saying along the lines of, look, James, I know it's a very, very testing time for landlords out there. I just want to assure you 
that me and my partner are very much still in work, although we're working from home. We're very much servicing our clients and we're very much still being paid each month. So we just want you to rest assured that you will have no issues with us paying you rent. What a lovely message, eh? What a superb message to get with all this shit going on. So, yep, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was smiling, I was over the moon, I thought, whoa, thank you very much. I know I'm not going to have any issues with this one. And I do feel it's because we've been very, very nice as landlords. Now, if I wasn't nice as a landlord, if we were taking time to make sure, you know, taking our time to address these little issues, I know she would have had a massive issue. And she could have gone down this road, uh, worked for a legal firm, so I'm I'm pretty sure she's going to know the ins and outs of how this would work. But goes back to showing your client, showing your tenant some respect and treating them as a client rather than just as a tenant who pays you some money has worked in my favour on that particular property. So now I'm at a point where I know one's going to be paying me the rent, no problem. And I've got one where I just don't know how much rent I'm going to get. How many of the six people are actually going to pay? So it pays. So it's all up in the air with that one at the moment. Um, so I should find out later about that later on uh, today about the situation with that one. Now, we have a third one that's just had a let agreed. Now, this let was just agreed. It's It's been signed. Now, it's by a contracting firm over in Spain. They do a lot of work up in the northeast. So what they do is they rent houses. Like, they'll rent several houses, you know, maybe five or six houses that can accommodate six to eight people. And they have their contractors come over from Spain and they stay in the house as you would when you're working. So they've just pretty much signed a contract and then four or five days later they found out that they can't actually get their staff over so they now have two project managers in the country that can live in the house but they have four other people that can't make it over because Obviously, no one's allowed to leave the country, or I don't know what restrictions their companies put in place for them, but they can't leave the country. Now, obviously, for me, I first of all, I'm super happy that that property is rented now. It's rented at a very, very high price. It's broke ceiling price again for that area. So I was super, super, super happy because I'm paying a management agent probably a little bit over the odds than any other management agent in the area, but... She's known for doing her job. She's known for getting good tenants in. So rightfully so, she deserves the higher portion of percentage of the rent as a commission. But anyway, the property is let now. A few days later, um, they ring in and they say, look, we want to defer the contract because we can't get our people over. Now, I'm thinking, oh, shit. You know, we've just got this let. It's all looking good. It's furnished. We've got all the bedding in for them. They're about to arrive and then they put this one on us. Now, I left it a couple of days because I thought, let me mull over this. Let me think what's going to going on. And within those couple of days, they actually paid the four months rent. Now, remember, this is a six bedroom HMO. So it's not just a small amount of rent. It's, it's quite a lot of rent. You know, it's a nice sizable chunk. Um, so the letting agent was like, okay, let's just stay quiet. We won't say anything. We did have a, a provisional proposal that we were going to put to him, but we thought, let's leave it. We'll just stay quiet. We won't say nothing. So anyway, um, they pay it. And then two days later, we get a phone call saying, look, 
what's the deal with this house? We need to defer it. We need to defer the contract. So now we're in two minds where we say to him, right, okay, um, we'll keep the house on for you, but we'll take a slightly reduced rent each month. Or we just say, hey, sod it, you signed a contract. Uh, You're legally obliged to pay that rent each month. I understand there's some issues going on. We have issues, you have issues, but... Again, it comes back down to relationships. How are we going to manage this relationship? Now, it's not just a one-off for us. You know, it could mean that this uh, contracting firm, um, as and when they've got more work up in the northeast, they look to us for more properties. Now, you know, it's always great if we can have one big firm that's just taken a big chunk of property off us. It's it's going to work quite well for us. So, on that respect. I'm now working with the letting agents to see how and what we can do to ensure that we don't upset them. Secondly, they're getting a fair ride. And thirdly, you know, we're getting a fair ride because the place is costing me money. There's bills to be fulfilled. There's a more, there's a uh, more, small mortgage payment that needs to go out each month. It's just about to go through refinancing. So that small mortgage is going to change into a slightly bigger mortgage. So there are associated costs that need to be covered. So we may look to give them a 20% discount, a 25% discount. Um, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather have uh, 80% of something than have 0%, you know, than have nothing at all. Because they could just say, all right, fine, we're walking away or do what you want to do. Because uh, with the way uh, the rules and bits have been announced by the government, I do think they're going to be more lenient towards tenants and to, towards corporate lets or to whatever. So... My whole kind of thinking is it's it's time to sit down and work with people to try and get through this because it's not going away anytime soon. Uh, I feel it is going to get worse. Um, and I feel people that are highly leveraged are going to, to they're going to suffer. You know, they're going to suffer. I do feel there will be some repossessions going on. I do feel people are going to stop buying and I do feel people are going to get cold feet. But hey, that's not going to stop me. You know, I've posted about it earlier on this week. You know, in a when when people are contracting and slowing down and, you know, looking to kind of conserve what they have, I'm going to be looking very much to expand and I'm looking for opportunities. I'm going to be looking to up my game on calling agents and trying to find deals because I don't believe in sitting around when shit hits the fan. This is a time when there's going to be opportunities here, there and everywhere for you to get in and do stuff. So, um, the other thing I was discussing yesterday with a um, business mentor was cash flowing. Now, I think it's paramount and very, very important that for the next 90 days, you have a, you know, anybody in property, whether you're in SA, whether you're doing rent to rent, whatever you're doing, I think you need to have a solid, solid, solid cash flow plan, you know. Get it down there. Look at your bank. Look at everything. Pan it out for the next 90 days. And once you've got your cash flow sorted, start adjusting it. You know, look at it. Look at it at worst case scenario. If you're getting zero rent, how are you going to survive? How are you going to pan out these next 90 days? Because let's face it, it could go on as long as 90 days. It could even go on longer. It may even be shorter, but we just don't know. So I feel if you're cash flowing for the next 90 days, that might be a very, very good place to start so you can automatically know and tell what's going on. You know, you don't want to be pissing in the wind and just hitting and hoping and seeing what's going to happen. Plan it. Look at it. Look at your banks. Look at what's been going on for the last three months. Look at it now and 
have a clear, clear plan on what you're going to be doing to get through this mini disaster, which may well turn into a major disaster. Nobody knows at this stage. But as time goes on and as days are going on, it is getting worse and worse. So, guys, it's it's um, it's time to prepare. You know, preparation is the key um, in all of this. Uh, and to succeed, I think, and to get through this and to ride through this, um, I think very much so make sure you are cash flowing and knowing what's going on for the next 90 days. That would be my solid bit of advice to you as is point one. Point number two, rather than getting angry that tenants ain't paying you, um, rather than getting angry knowing that they're taking the piss out you, you're going to have to put your smart hat on here and try and work with them, you know, try and work with them and see what is on offer, you know, see what they can do. Um, a good point might be to find out what kind of support they would be getting from the government. So what kind of housing benefit, what kind of housing support the local authority might give them, because that might be a good way to gauge on how and what kind of agreement you might come to with them. Um in terms of what kind of rent's due, because let's face it, some rent is better than no rent, and some money coming in is going to be way better than no money coming in, and I think it's going to be very, very much a little bit of give and take here to try and ride this through. Um, so, um, if anybody's um, listening in a bit of a in a bit of a pickle and a bit of a worry, give me a shout. You know, you know me on the socials, James Hota. Just search me on any of the socials. Let's have a chat. Let's have a talk. Um, I know a couple of people have set up WhatsApp groups where there's a lot of things going back and fro where uh, they're talking about um, things that can be done, how we can get through this, helping each other out. Because I think it is going to be very much a, a matter of communicating and helping each other out and working together to get through this. So, so my hot tip to you would be basically look at your cash flow. Now, without this, people are going to get into some serious trouble. 90-day cash flow at least. The government are saying 12 weeks before they think they've got a tide on this virus. So I would say go through your bills. Start numbering your bills. Number them 1 to 10 with the importance. Number 1 being the most important that need to be paid that you just can't get away with. So make sure they're number 1. And then number the rest down accordingly to the ones you think you could get away with or the ones you think you could put on hold. Another good tip for you is to colour code these. So colour code them green, amber and red. Now colour code all the bills and look at them and say, right, okay, which one can I get rid of? Which one can I completely lose? Which one can I defer? And which one can I, you know, call up the company and say, look, I'm having a little bit of difficulties with this. What happens if I put this off? The other thing you want to do is you want to find out from these companies what the implications are of doing this. Now, um, say, for example, you're in a contract with your electricity supplier. If you don't pay your electric, legally they can cut you off. Whereas on the flip note, with your water supplier, they can't do that. Even if you don't pay your water bill, they cannot cut you off because that's not something they can legally do. So make sure you know what the implications are of the bills that you're going to look to suspend. But... Do this for your personal self as well. So get them all out in front of you, number them 1 to 10, or use a colour coding system and then pile the ones up in green, pile the ones up in red, see which ones are immediate, see which ones you can off-put, and see which ones can be deferred. Because 
you do really need to tighten the reins now and start thinking how are you going to ride through the next 90 days. Another hot tip for you would be to think outside of the box. You know, start looking at your properties, start thinking outside of the box. What can you do? If the government are now saying they want to bring 10,000 retired NHS workers or people that are newly qualified back onto the front line, these people are going to need somewhere to live. So think what you can do with your current property. What can you do with your HMOs? What can you do with your essays that are currently giving you a bit of trouble or where you're not getting the rent that you need? How can you remarket those? How can you repurpose those? Now, a bit of a tip that I got from Alfie Best this afternoon was he goes, when you're doing a virtual tour of a property for someone, do it with a cleaner in the background. Do it with a bottle of bleach in the corner because sub, your subliminal message that's going out to people is that you're keeping your place tidy. You know, you're keeping it clean. It's corona free or you're, you're making every, every attempt to keep it corona free. So my advice to you would be think outside the box and try and do something differently and try and get your properties let in a different way but i'm going to come back to this again i've said it over and over again make sure your 90 day cash flow is in order look at it make that your number one priority and make sure you ain't going to sink while this is going on and find out where the gaps are in that cash flow and find out where you can plug them with some money from other sources again you've got the government grants you've got the government loans get on there take the money i would say if it's there even if you don't need it apply for it try and get it it's better to have it there in case shit hits the fan rather than going last minute trying to find it um i hope some of that stuff on this podcast was helpful. It is a quick blast 30 minute podcast today. Um, I have got a super, super, super cool podcast coming out next week, which is with a, um, a real hardcore businesswoman. But I wanted to kind of delay that just to push this message out because I thought it was important that it was out there with the community, with the property community, the people there who may be suffering or having a few issues. Again, if you've got any problems, if you've got any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm James Hoat on all the socials. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, wherever you want to search. I'm happy to have a conversation, happy to have a chat on the phone or just, you know, just see if I can support you in any kind of way or help you think outside of the box and, and ride this wave. Thanks for tuning in and if you got value from this, please do leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook. Um, if you want to reach out on Insta, just let us know what you thought of it. Feel free to do that as well and I'll catch you on the next one. James, signing out. Thanks for tuning in to the J2 Hub podcast with James Sahota. If you like the podcast, feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.